Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 639 with David Scott Peters. You don't hire good managers, you create them. And so it's getting back to understanding that that next manager is actually on your team, but don't do it the old way where you talk somebody into becoming a manager. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. It doesn't get easier than Cake. Cake is the point of sale built for restaurants that's easy to set up and use. With cloud-based access from any device, 24-7 customer support, and a lifetime access to Cake University, how could you not love Cake? To learn more about Cake point of sale, head over to trycake.com slash unstoppable. And because you're a restaurant unstoppable listener, you will save $750 off activation. Again, that's trycake.com slash unstoppable. Unstoppable. When your employees are empowered to speak up internally, you can stay one step ahead of costly issues that can tarnish your brand before they become larger public problems. Ethics Suite is the first employee incident reporting platform developed to be fully customizable for every industry, including the restaurant industry. Unethical workplace behavior is a threat. It's time to protect your business with an incident reporting system. Find out why Ethics Suite is the leading anonymous reporting system for the restaurant industry at ethicsuite.com com slash restaurant unstoppable everybody loves payday am i right but loving your payroll provider that's a different story it's a little weird still small businesses across the country love running payroll with gusto gusto automatically files and pays your taxes it's super easy to use and you can add benefits and hr support to help take care of your team and keep your business safe it's loyal it's modern and who knows you might even fall in love to learn more head over to gusto.com slash unstoppable and when you run your first payroll you'll get your first three months free again that's gusto.com slash unstoppable so with excitement allow me to introduce to you today's guest for the fourth time i believe on the show but first time in person first time in person and you are much taller than i expected i have to say (laughs) uh man of great stature uh david scott peters how you doing today i'm doing awesome how are you Uh, i'm great man i'm excited to every time you're on the show there's just so much value added to the conversation you're a great speaker you know your stuff and i know that you're gonna blow us away today so um, go check out, just head over to restaurantstoppable.com, type in David Scott Peters in the search option and, and get caught up to this guy, uh, has some great knowledge. Uh, and you have some new, you have some news, uh, some exciting news. You just sold your business, right? Congratulations on that. Thank you very much. So, uh, for 16 years, the restaurantexpert.com has been helping independent operators and we created online software my business partner and a group of investors who happen to be all users of the software bought me out just two months ago. So now I'm David Scott Peters.com restaurant training and a partner in a restaurant accounting firm called the Largo group so i'm still doing the same thing just no software awesome man congratulations <laughs> and now you can focus on what you do best which is sharing your knowledge and getting getting out there on the stages and, and just empowering restaurant operators and owners all over the place and you're really great at what you do so thanks man. um today uh you are here at the tra show you were on stage you just got off stage and you're talking about how to uh develop managers basically correct um, maybe that's not the right words the, the, the exact title ah, of titles. your speech but yeah, no problem uh, you're dead on get into it man what can we expect so bottom line is, we often have a challenge as operators. 
and that is we anoint managers. We take our best employee and we talk them to become a manager and we make our best employee our worst employee. Six months to a year later, they quit or get fired because they should have never been a manager. Or we go out and we hire somebody and we anoint them a manager. They think they're God. They come from a chain restaurant and they fail because we didn't put our systems in place. And so we get to a point where why should I even try this anymore? If you want something done right, do it yourself, which is a failing proposition for any operator. Whether you're a GM or an owner, bottom line is I need people to do it. So, you know, over the, the presentation, I, I walked through how do we find good managers? How do we determine how many we need and how the hell are we going to pay for them? It's yeah, the gist. And when, when I read that, um, the, the title of the, your presentation today, the first thing that came into my mind uh, is that you always hear, like, you, you never... What, what I think the the saying is help wanted, uh, experience required, or experience necessary, and like that whole mentality that of hiring people with experience, but maybe they have a different culture, they have a different the right. different values. Um, and when you get somebody who's green and you make them into you create managers and you can inject your values, your culture into them from day one, that might be more energy in the long run, but it's so much more impactful. And I'm sure you'll probably get into that. I don't want to get ahead well, of but you. Th- but that's where you and I always connect. Yeah. And yeah. that is we believe and, and all the research you've done talking with all these experts, all these incredibly successful people, it all comes back to culture. Mm-hmm. I can teach a monkey to count out a bar drawer. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally go to the zoo, grab a little monkey and say, here's what we got to do. I can grab a chicken. I can grab anybody, right? It's a process. What I can't teach you, teach you to do has a positive attitude. Can't teach you to smile. I can't make sure that you fit the culture of my business if I'm fine dining and I need to be a little more, a little better with presentation or a sports bar where I need you to sit down and shoot the shit with people. Like, you have to fit our culture. And, mm-hmm. and, and no matter what we do, if you hire people who don't match your culture, you're going to have challenges all day long. Awesome. I love it. So what Dave is going to be sharing with us today is how to find these managers, how you need to pay or how many of these managers you need and how you're going to pay these managers. And we're going to wrap it up with how to communicate with these managers. Take it where you feel is the, the great place to start. All right. Well, the biggest thing is this. If, if you talk to any owner or GM, they're, they're short employees. We have Right now, we have an under 4% unemployment rate. There's not a kitchen that's not short of cook right now. I mean, now we sit there and I want higher skill. I want managers. They don't exist. And so we start looking at it. Now, so I've got a list of, of websites that, that a lot of restaurateurs use. Clearfit, snagajob.com, indeed.com, poach.com, Facebook, craigslist.com, LinkedIn, <laughs> ZipRecruiter, Talent Reef, Coolworks. Now, if you wrote those down really fast, uh, good luck. I attempted to, but yeah, you, uh, yeah, no, I, I'll, I'll send it to you. But bottom line is, it works differently for everybody depending on their marketplace. If I'm in a big, like we're currently sitting in Houston, Texas, well, Indeed and and Poached and Snag a Job, you know, for with a wealth of of population, are great. But if I'm in a small town, I'm back to Craigslist, and even some big big towns, Craigslist is where a lot of our kitchen people go and so on. But the truth of the matter is, while I gave you all that, I don't believe in any of them in the sense that. You don't hire good managers, you create them. Mm, yes. And so it's getting back to understanding that that next manager is actually on your team, but don't do it the old way where you talk somebody into becoming a manager. Now, what are some of the benefits? Well, if I hire somebody within, they've already worked for me. I know them. I know the goods, the bads, the uglies. Oh, wait a second. They know my company culture. I've already determined if they're a fit. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is I get to create them. And it's kind of like, like we talked about is I get to teach them my systems. I'll give a case in point. All too often in a full-service restaurant, if you are looking for a chef and you happen to come across one of the old-school egotistical chefs that think the world revolves around them, they walk in your door and they own you. They feel like 
you owe me. I'm going to fix all this. I'm awesome. You work for me. Right. I'm the, I'm the boss. Versus <laughs> if you took your sous chef even in your building or even if you went externally and this was their first opportunity to be a chef in charge. They're thankful for an opportunity. That's all. That's a mindset mm. that I want people on my team that are thankful for an opportunity. We want to be a part of the team. I mean, we're so aligned because uh, the thought that came to my mind as you were talking was that when you another variable that's so powerful about hiring uh, and, and growing from within and developing these people over time is human needs. Right? We feel we need almost like I think it's like one or two below self actualization, or maybe it's one below. It's like, you're it's quoting perf- Maslow's hierarchy needs. Now we're geeking out here, brother. <laughs> it's it's a uh, it's it's a it's personal Sense of belonging. Growth. It's yeah yeah well. Yep. I very top it's so those are my, my self-actualization so that's yeah, the that, personal that's growth the part yeah yes. yeah but near the top is a sense of growth and learning right yep, and, yep. and that's even above belonging i believe right mm-hmm, so yep. uh it's it's high up there and when you hire somebody from the very beginning and you give them a, like a cookie every six months or every year and you give them a, a raise or a promotion or you give them more responsibility they're feeding that that desire that need to grow and that is so powerful and that 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 has a way, like staying power, you know. That you if you really want to geek out, go look out Herzberg's motivation hygiene Ooh, theory. Okay, I'll have to check. Where, it out. where if you add things like you take care of a good pay, good supervision, knowing the job, potential growth, those kinds of work environment, the whole idea is more of that doesn't make you more motivated, but in the absence of that, you have a negative culture. So, did you want to tap on anything else about how to find these people before we move on to the next bullet? Or yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna really tell you we got to find them from within. So I told you that I don't like these sites. And so this is really something every one of us as an operator can do. I want you to think about your best employee and don't go after them. I want to think about your worst employee and let them be a part of it. Let everybody identify themselves as, as a potential candidate. So what I like to do is I like to develop something called an MIT, manager in training. Some people call them shift supervisors, line, line supervisors, an hourly supervisor. Okay, And the way I'm going to do this is I'm going to invite people to audition for a job they don't know that they're auditioning for. I'm going to put in Server Alley or, or the employee handbook or, or employee uh, uh, bulletin board special projects. Anybody who's interested in doing a special project, come see me. Anyone. So that employee you swear you'd never make a manager might be a great manager someday. They're a horrible employee now because they're bored. Think about middle school. The, the class clown was often the smartest kid in the room. They didn't have the best grades, but they were bored, so they mm-hmm. acted out. Yep. So you got class clowns on your team who are dying for something else to do. <laughs> yeah. So let them identify. So they come in and you say, okay, here's projects. And you get somebody doing on the checklists and recipe costing cards and you know training systems and all marketing and all the things that we talk about over, over the times you and I have, have met. There's a lot to do. So you get stuff done. Now it's going to cost you. You've got to put it in your budget. You're going to pay minimum wage minimum, and you get it done. Somebody's going to suck. Mm. You're like, dude, Eric... Thanks so much. I got it. I didn't piss them off. I didn't promise them a job. I didn't demote them. I, I got it. I don't need more help. Don't bruise anybody's ego. Somebody else is going to do a great job. Eric, you're doing a fantastic job. Have you ever thought about becoming a manager? I'd love to start you as an MIT. What are you talking about? Well, you know, you could be a manager on the floor two days a week. Nope, have no desire. Okay, worst case scenario, I got, I got stuff done my way. That's a terrible benefit, right? I got stuff done. Go to another person. Say, hey, Eric, uh, you're now my third person. You've done a great job, but have you ever thought about becoming a supervisor? What do you mean? Well, two days a week, plain clothes manager, and if you're a server or if you're a bartender or whatever, keep your money-making shifts. Friday, Saturday nights are yours. Wait, I still get the same money. You're going to pay me a higher wage when I'm a manager on Monday, Tuesday? Yeah, I'm in. And so you start to audition. They did a great project. Now they come in. Now the beautiful part about this is 
I want to have multiple MITs, managers and training supervisors. Somebody's got to suck. Dude, thanks so much. I'm, I'm not writing you off the schedule, but I don't need the coverage right now. When somebody goes on vacation, would you cover? Oh, yeah, sure. Okay, so the person is great at opening, closing the restaurant and doing things, but they're not a great manager of people. Mm-hmm. Maybe they don't have the customer service skills. But now i got a trained person. I didn't demote them. I didn't piss them off. I didn't anoint them a manager. So when somebody goes on vacation, I've got this labor that can pop in. Go to another person. You thought about becoming a manager. Hell no. Great. You'll stay there two days a week. Great. I still have a good manager of two days a week. Another person, would you become? And you go through this process. And the beautiful part is you always have trained replacements on your system, your process, your way. Because there will be turnover. Mm-hmm. And so instead of losing that person that you developed all this time, they're the only one knows how to use your POS system. They're the only one knows how to order. The only one knows the recipes. They're only... And so now you could have somebody who goes through a life change and, and they're just a, a raving ass in your business. You don't want to fire them. What am I going to do? Who's going to do the work? Now, because everybody's learned my systems, we just keep moving them up. Somebody moves on for good or bad reasons. There's a trained replacement. And that's where we do it. We, we discover and train our next managers from within. So it's a slower process. Yeah, and it's almost like a, like acclimating them into management where uh, you're just giving them a taste. And they might not have the confidence. They might not think they can do it. Or maybe they don't want to be the guy, the man, the boss, and they don't want to be that guy. But if you can slowly just give them a taste of it and then scale them into it, and it, so you're not just like dropping the hammer and being, you're a manager. And some people can't manage their peers. Yeah. They want to be friends still. Mm-hmm. And look, you don't have to like me anymore. You have to respect me. Yep. So, so correct me if I'm wrong. The first step is really just to, to do, do an assessment uh, of your team to find out who you've identified as, as far as who has what it takes they to be a manager. Self-identify. They self-identify. That's take the critical that piece. Time. Yeah, take us through it right? one more time. They volunteer okay. for the project. You don't go to your favorite employee. I need you to do this because you want them to become a manager. So how do you pitch that to them again one more time? You, you just put up a, a notice on your bulletin board, special projects, anyone interested, come see me okay that's it do not nudge anybody one way or another mm-hmm. let them self-identify why is that critical because when we go and we anoint a manager like so for instance i was one of the i was one of the few that actually made it owner said david you're great we'd love you to do this this that's the other well when we start identifying other managers we identify people like us you fill your team up with everybody like you you're going to fail mm-hmm. There's all this other stuff. I need somebody who's anal retentive and, and more structured than I am. I need somebody who knows culinary. I need somebody, I, I need other skill sets. And if it's just everybody and me, there's gaps. Mm-hmm. Okay. The second piece is I have to talk them into it. And if I got to talk you into the job, you aren't, you're not going to make it because you're going to discover that it's long hours. Yeah. There's some shitty work conditions from time to time. And there's um, people. Like, you yeah. may not be meant to manage people. Mm-hmm. And so that's where it comes down to. Yeah, and I just want to compound on what you shared and the idea that, you know, we, we forget that we are animals. And not only are we animals, we're tribal animals. We work best in packs, in natural organic packs, where we're because we're all so freaking different that we do best in packs because we literally, if you were to take any human, even like Bear grills, and you were to put him in, in the wild, he wouldn't last like he might survive, but he'll go crazy. You know what I mean? We need people, and we're we are suited to survive when we have multiple people because we can all lean on each other's strengths and abilities. So when you let that those strengths and abilities uh, surface organically and naturally, right. um, that's there's so much power. That's that's how it would have happened in nature. Right? It's, it's probably a perfect way to put it. You're not forcing that change. They 
they volunteer. It organically happens. Yeah, awesome. So anything else? I don't want to cut you short. I, I kind of derailed your train of thought. No, you're talking good. about how to build these managers or find that, these that, managers. That, that's basically it right there because you're you're literally allowing them to self-identify. You're training them on your systems. They're still self-identifying all the way through the process because what we want to avoid is, hey, I talk to you to manager. I'm going to make you a manager. I anoint you a manager and you think you're God because you didn't learn. You just think all of a sudden I'm responsible. So we we generate the right culture. Beautiful. So this is a good spot to take our first break to thank our sponsors. We'll be right back. Cake makes it easy. Thousands of restaurant operators are using Cake POS and loving it. With its easy, simple to use and intuitive interface, how could you not? Cake users are achieving peak satisfaction with 24-7 customer support, not to mention lifetime access to Cake University. No wonder customer satisfaction scores are so high. Everything about Cake is simple, including its POS integration with Cake Guest Manager in Google Reservations, which basically allows your guests to book reservations or get on wait lists straight from Google Search or Google Maps. That's pretty rad. This simple integration alone has increased guest count by as much as 25%. To learn more about how Cake makes it easy, head over to trycake.com slash unstoppable. And because you are Restaurant Unstoppable listeners, you can save $750 off activation for Cake Point of Sale. But you have to use my links. Again, that's trycake.com slash unstoppable. We're back and you're about to get into... Uh, the second bullet point that we're going to talk about today, which is how many managers you need. Yeah, so this is really important. Uh, now, I'm going to be a little, little geeky on you in the sense that and we've talked about this in the past, budgets. And if you ever talk to me at any point in time, see me speak all over the, the country, in fact, the world, but primarily North America, I usually say the two most important systems any restaurant should have are budgets and recipe cost cards. Then I go, what are the two systems most restaurants never have? Budgets and recipe cost <laughs> yeah. cards. And, you know, the answer to me is I'm such a smartest. I'm like, why? Because you're so hard. Boo frickin' who? <laughs> you're in the toughest business I know. Yeah. This is what's required. Now, why budget's so important and why I bring it up now for this is without a budget, you can't, you can't figure out how much you're going to spend on managers. Mm-hmm. You, you don't know salary range. Even if you hit the salary range in your, in your marketplace, because what it costs to have a manager in Atlanta, Georgia, is different than Los Angeles, California cost of living, what everybody else is getting paid, so on and so forth. So I know my marketplace, but do I have the money? And then how am I going to pay for it? Most people listening to us who are thinking, I really need managers, don't have the money. Mm-hmm. So that's that prime cost part. So make sure you research yeah. some of the interviews that Eric and I have done, <laughs> gone through prime, prime Menu cost. engineering with David Scott Peters, <laughs> head over to Restaurant Unstoppable. You won't regret it. Yeah, so, so we're going to get our prime cost down. We may have a higher food cost, and we need to bring it down to pay for the managers. Mm-hmm. And when we add the managers, we can trim labor because there's a grown-up in charge. So here's a question. How do we know when we are able to, to bring on a first manager or even the second manager? Is there a percentage we're using, or what is the, the, the trigger to know we're ready for it? Are so we- percentages don't work so well for me unless you're a tip you're a full service restaurant one million to maybe two million dollars we're going to allocate about 10 percent of sales okay but when i start getting over two million dollars i'm going to have more money than i'm going to allocate to management if i'm a five hundred thousand dollar place i'm the owner i'm the gm Mm -hmm. there's not enough money there's no margins Mm -hmm. i mean not enough in there so so i don't like that I, i really comes down to how do we cover it how we fit in budgets so then we create that budget see where our problems are yeah and we realize by putting out a new menu and we can change our food cost five points 
we could reduce our labor costs too by having supervisors. I can add three points to management. Okay. So we have to have a plan, and it's cost of goods sold plus total labor costs. That's the only way you get there. And the other part about budgets is I need to look for the next 12 months. Because if you use a budget, you're going to discover, for instance, I have a, a, a restaurant I used to work with, um, very different, $180,000 a month, $420,000 a month, and a $223,000 a month. operation. Seasonal. Yeah. Yep. Well, their labor cost in, in the off-season is 32% without taxes, benefits, insurance. So add another three, four points, depending where you are. 19 when it's $420,000 and 27% on a $200,000. But the end of the year, we're shooting for a, 20 point, a 28.89% labor cost. See, you're going to have fluctuations. Mm-hmm. The reason being is in the off-season, managers, if they're salaried, chew up all my money. And I've got minimum staffing levels. One cook, one manager, and me. Right? I got high labor costs. The only thing to fix is higher sales. In season, we reach maximum efficiencies. So even though I've got all this money, I can't add another cook to the line. There's only eight spots. Yep. And so all of a sudden, my customers manage my efficiency, and my manager's wages are a much smaller percentage, even though they're fixed, they're flat. So you really can't do this properly without a 12-month budget because that's how we put together our plan for the year, not just next month. Okay. Does that make sense? It does. So uh, paraphrase real quick. Just because you dropped a lot, a lot on us. When do we know it's time or how many, how many managers do we know we need? All right. So that's where we get into. So it starts with knowing, knowing the amount of money and, and helping us determine that. I back into that number. So how many shifts are you open? So if you're a, a full-service restaurant, lunch and dinner, that's it. Lunch and dinner, that's two shifts a day. That I need a plain clothes manager, not a supervisor who is being a server at the same time because what happens is they're in the weeds and table 24 and somebody else's section needs to talk to a manager something's wrong the server just goes I'm busy just comp it and we give terrible terrible customer service they needed to be touched yeah needed to be heard Heard, yes so in a perfect world if I'm lunch dinner that's an a.m. and a p.m. manager two managers a day oh then if I'm busy probably have a third manager a mid shift on a Friday and a Saturday Mm -hmm. or a Thursday and Friday depending on your business so now all of a sudden you, you look at that and say, I need 16 shifts covered. So you identify the peaks and then a shift, essentially. Each peak is a shift right. uh, depending on, you know, the, maybe you might have two managers on it, like the, the Friday and Saturday you said. So what was that number? Like you so so I, want, I, want a, I want a plain clothes manager each shift. And then if I'm busier, I'd like the third one. So for instance, in a full service restaurant, and I'll give you a quick serve example in a second. Full service restaurant on a Friday night, I may bring, have a morning manager that works all the way through happy hour, 7 o'clock. Okay. Then I'm bringing somebody in mid-shift, 11 o'clock, and they may work till 8, 9, 10 o'clock. Then I bring the a.m. person at 3 o'clock, so at happy hour and dinner rush, I got somebody at the door, somebody in expo, and somebody taking care of the restaurant. Love it. And so that's a perfect world which you don't live in. Now, if I'm quick serve, those of you listening are quick serve, managers are working managers. In the peak, they are either at the register or the expo window, somewhere orchestrating they are working a line job because we're not walking the restaurant and doing all these things. So they're very different in how we put this. So in some cases, it's easier to add management to a quick serve. They're just a more expensive employee. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. So now if I have 16 shifts, I go AM, PM, seven days a week, that's 14 plus the two extra busy days. That's 16 shifts. Well, how the hell do I cover it? Now, let me give you three examples. Again, we're backing into it. In a traditional restaurant terms, we would add, if I had 16 shifts, three full-time managers and one MIT. One shift of hourly, three full-time people. That's 15 shifts. Mm-hmm. They're five days a week. The positive is, I get more things done. It's easier to hold people accountable. 
The negative is, in today's day and age, it's hard to find freaking good managers. Why are, why are people hanging on every word we're talking about right now? Because they're dying for good managers. So we don't have the talent, or we have not followed the right way to find that talent. The second piece is, I am stuck with salaries, which means if sales drop, my labor shoots through the roof. So that's a positive. The next piece would be, if I would go to... My second example is two full-time managers, five shifts a week, and three or more MITs that work one to two shifts a week as a supervisor. Okay. Now when sales go down, I can pull back those two extra shifts. You have somebody on deck, too, that you can... Always have somebody on deck, right? (laughs) So now when somebody leaves, I've got three people to choose from because one of those don't want to be a manager. Mm -hmm. They just want to do two shifts a week, just something a little extra on a Monday, Sunday. It wouldn't make the money they would... They like it, but they don't want to be a full-time manager. So we got flexibility. Now, there are some people who um, maybe they still suffer from doing everything themselves, don't have the money. They're not running. They're not hitting the margins they should. How the hell do I pay for these people? Well, your life's going to suck. That GM or you as the owner is going to, are going to run five mids a week, which means there's not enough time in the morning to do anything. There's not enough time at night to do anything. You, it's damn near working a double because you're working like 11 o'clock to 10 o'clock at night. But it means I have an hourly supervisor, an MIT, opens the restaurant, plain clothes for three hours. Mm-hmm. When I walk in the door, they punch out, change into your uniform, punch back in as an hourly employee. Now, that depends on the state they're in. Some states, we need a combined rate and look at what that rate would be for the day. And yep. it needs to be a weighted average. Other states, we can literally change. So okay. do know that if somebody's listening to me, they go, oh, you can't do that in my state. Okay, adapt. Don't tell me why it can't be done. Figure out how it can be done. Gotcha. They have a third position with a different rate that's going to average it out. Got it. Okay. So now when I get to 10 o'clock at night, instead of throwing keys to a bartender and saying, praying that they're not going to rip you off because now they have a manager code and they're running the restaurant, I mean, ah, crazy, uh, punch out. I've got two bartenders, punch out, change clothes. Here's your manager card, punch in. And so they close with three hours. So now I'm shouldering. Mm-hmm. I'm, I don't have the money for two full-time managers, yet alone three but I still need to cover. And then the, on uh, four days a week, there is a rookie manager running a Monday lunch, a so Sunday night. I want to make sure I understand. So you're going to have your, your, your standard, like your, your full-time managers who are on salary. And if you can't afford more than that, what you do is you have these MITs to do an hourly situation yep. to, to help you scale into getting that third manager, say, if you only right. have to. So, so if, if I'm a full-time manager, I'm running five days a week, which is really covering 10 shifts, but a three hours on the, in the morning and three hours at night, somebody else, as I change my numbers... I start getting inventories in place and controlling my labor and there's more money. I start giving them other shifts. Like it doesn't go from three hours, it goes to eight hours. Mm. And so we can build back our budget. As we get success, we have more money and we're training people and we ease our way into it versus I got to bite the bullet and hire three managers and you go, I don't have any money. So I don't mean to backpedal. I know we're talking about how many, how to determine how many managers you need right now. But did you mention how many MITs we should have on deck? Is there a sweet spot? Like how many people we should be in, have in that pool for in case of emergency or whatever? In a perfect world, you always have at least two. Okay. Did you mention that before? If you did, I no, I, threw I, a lot I, at I just said you know, yeah. I, I you know me. I I've, I've, I I should never do crack because could you imagine me on drugs? Yeah. Uh, bottom line is, it's a number of shifts. Because let's say you needed seven shifts covered, but you aren't able to get anybody or they don't want to work more than one shift. You might have seven MITs. Don't Mm -hmm. care. Mm -hmm. 
right perfect world they're at least doing it two days a week maybe three days a week because that's really getting them acclimated to being a manager supervising their peers making decisions making sure the the numbers are right so on and so forth awesome so i kind of derailed you a little bit anything else we need to know about how to pay uh, sorry uh, how to how many managers we need nope. before we start talking back about into it number of shifts you have okay. then look at your budget and then determine how you're going to do it lots of mits lots of salaried people that's that's how you determine so how we know we're going to how, how much to pay these people how we're going to pay them so there's a couple things here. Uh, number one, you've got to know your marketplace. As we talked about, I set us up. A salary in Atlanta, Georgia is not the same as Los Angeles, California. Okay, So you've got to know what's going on in your area. With that said, you're going to easy enough know what the chains are. You know, go to any chain website. Go to their, their doors like a Panda Express literally puts up a poster. Become a manager in all the different levels, what they're paying people in the salary range. Not difficult to find out what your marketplace is. And especially when we talk about chains. But then you got to realize people don't work for you just for money. There's a lot of people working on independent because they love independent. They love uh, the touch to the guest. It's not as corporate, cold. It's right? uh, the human variables, as you could say. Right. Yeah. So I may not be 100%. I may not be all about the money. It may be at this is a cool place. Like I'm in Austin, Texas, and it's a freaking cool place. We got live music, <laughs> yeah. and I got tats off my ass. And, you know, it's just an awesome place to be, right? And so it's, there's a culture fit, right? Yeah. And so we've got some of that. We may, not ha- we may not have the money in our budget to pay what the chains do, but because we're an employer of choice, because we give you time off or we uh it's just a positive work environment i think a lot of people don't mention the psychographics involved with working at a certain that's place. a big word dude it, well, psychographics i mean that's a 50 dollar <laughs> word on the black market well here's the thing like people get jobs because when they're especially when they're young they just want to be associated and identified with the cool kids uh and the, the value of developing that culture and being recognized as you know surrounding yourself with these amazing people uh and i hate to use the word cool but we all so many people just want to be cool and I don't know how you make yourself more cool, but it's it's that that identifying. You were talking about like the culture, the music, culture. the tattoos, and all that. A- stuff. Employer of choice, yeah. man. What what are you creating? What is the culture in there? Who's going to fit there? And you know, sometimes it's time off. Sometimes it's attaboys. Good supervision is a great thing. Yeah. Like people think, oh, I hate managers and tell them what to. No, people love management. They love rules. They hate the inconsistency enforcing those yeah. rules. And you're right that that psychographic is a big word. And basically what I meant by that is um, what does working here say about me? What do people think about me because I work here is what you need to think about is what I meant by that. So uh, I don't need to go any further into that. I just wanted to put a little more uh, emphasis on what you shared. Keep going. Sure. Well, you know, now we've got that. I'm going to tell you if we've got time, we go into kind of a little bit of the communication side. And that is 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 manager meetings. We can hold that for another thought, or we can go through it. What would you like to do? I think we need to take one more quick break to thank our sponsors because they make this stuff possible. And we'll be right back to cover how to communicate with managers. Did you know the National Restaurant Association states that losses due to fraud at a restaurant run around 4% of sales? That's like an annual marketing budget. Workplace harassment, discrimination, misconduct, theft, and fraud can all have devastating impact on a restaurant's profitability, public image, and result in legal liability. But how do you respond to and mitigate risk if an incident goes unreported internally before it becomes public? Ethics Suite provides a line of communication between you and your staff, allowing you to stay informed and respond to incidents rapidly and 
privately. With EthicSuite, your employees can easily report suspicious activity or potentially unethical behavior from any device anywhere, and employees can also submit reports completely anonymously if they so choose. Safeguarding your business starts by listening to your employees. It's that simple. Find out why EthicSuite is the leading anonymous reporting system for any restaurant in the industry. Head over to ethicsuite.com slash restaurant unstoppable. It's the entrepreneurial myth, and I'm sure you're familiar with it. It's the idea that when you open your own restaurant, life is going to get easy because you get to do exactly what it is that you love, whether that's front of house or back of house. And then reality kicks in, right? You've got to do all this other stuff that comes with owning a business like taxes, HR, payroll, really boring stuff. That's where Gusto comes in. Gusto makes payroll, taxes, HR actually easy for small business. And if you want to add on 401k or health benefits, it's a breeze. Those old school clunky payroll providers just were not built for the modern small business. Not to mention, you've got to compete with the big guys. But how do you compete with the big guys when you don't have big guy bucks? Well, with Gusto. That's how. Get back to doing what it is you love and let Gusto handle the rest. And because you are Restaurant Unstoppable listeners, you'll get your first three months free when you run your first payroll. That's Gusto.com slash Unstoppable. Again, Gusto.com slash Unstoppable. We're back and you're about to get into how to communicate with managers. Go for it. So let's look at it this way. Uh, Often we as independents, especially if you're an independent operator listening to us right now, we go, I don't need a manager meeting. I meet with my managers every day. That ain't a meeting, mm-hmm. right? Passing through the hall and going through the 10 things, crazy making stuff you create because you saw something go wrong. All you're doing is loading work up and, and, it, and you, you get them to forget about the priorities. So we got to have an organized meeting. And, and the cycle of it is three steps. In a, and again, in a perfect world, which we don't live in. Number one, there's a partner meeting. This might be on a Tuesday. Assuming Monday, we'll go through that, those basics in a second. Assuming Monday is the numbers day. We know our cost gets sold, our labor, we gather our marketing, we gather all this stuff. We analyze. So Tuesday is owners. Owners must meet together, even and especially if they're not an operator, so that we're on the same page, that there's no more walking in. One owner walks in and he says, manager, why are the lights so freaking bright? Because two hours earlier, a man, another owner walked in and said, I want them brighter. Right? That, that, just a little yeah. example. Mm-hmm. We've got to look, through our, our, look at our business and what we want to accomplish in the same lenses. So partners got to get on. They got to review last week, and they got to talk about what we want to do next week. And once we're on the same page the next day or later that day, we're going to have a GM meeting or key manager, depending on where we are with these MITs uh, and so on and so forth. Hey, we as a ownership, we talked about this. We want to do this. You're on board. Then the same day or next day, in a perfect world, again, I'm, by this point, I start on a Tuesday. I've got a Wednesday. Now I'm Thursday. I have a manager meeting, and the GM runs it. Owners. If you're listening to me and you're running your freaking manager meetings and you actually have a GM, you're wiping all the authority away from them. Mm. Shut up. I love you, but stop talking. Let them run their damn meeting mm-hmm. because that's the leader of the shift. Yeah. You're the leader of the business. They're the leader of the shift. And if you're running it, you've, you've taken all their control. And this way, when we go through those three steps, we're reviewing the past as owners and we're talking about the future, what we want. Now we have a plan for our GM who then executes that or plan shares that plan with the management team. And that's key. Those are the three key steps. Now, go ahead. You got a question. I can see it. We'll paraphrase those three key steps one more time, then I'll ask the question. Okay. So if we look at it, you got to have a partner meeting. Okay. Review the past. Talk about the future. Got it. You have a GM meeting. Owners with the GM. Talk about the past. Talk about the future. Shared goals for the company. Okay. 
GM heads a manager meeting, and they share all that with their team. Okay. So I think the the, the key things uh, from what I've learned listening, uh, he actually even came up with the interview that was uh, held just before you sat down uh, with Larry and Jessica Delgado, uh, the importance of consistency in when the meetings are held and what the, the 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 format the body of the meeting like the talking points like uh consistency in formatting um and standardizing the meeting so you make sure everything's being hit and, and i break that into seven steps right okay. here that's the next thing we're doing we'll, we'll blow through them because obviously at this point some people might be rolling their eyes or, or you're sitting there getting other people lined up you got to talk to people you're important do you know people i was walking i was sitting in my old company's booth and somebody's like i heard you talking eric's here like you are <laughs> you are like a, i don't know a celebrity dude i don't know about that. i've been doing this six 16 years, I'm just David Scott Peters, which, you know, me and serial killers have three first names. Anyway, so we're going to talk about the seven steps to a manager meeting, and I'll go through them pre- pretty quick. Proper planning, ensuring attendance, collecting data in advance, staying on track, facilitating versus command, assigning specific actions, and notes, notes, notes. Yeah, maybe that's an interview for another day. We can go deeper into that Yeah, uh, for sure. But, so uh, I will blow through them. Just, like, give me give me like three <laughs> minutes. It, I'll it. go through. I want, I'm not going to go in the – like, we should do this as, a, as an interview. Absolutely. But proper planning, review your stuff. We talked about it. So this is when inventory should be done. You should have all your labor numbers, marketing calendars, all that stuff. Then when we look at it, the, some of the key points that, that why I want to get on it is what you just what you just kind of shared is ensure attendance. No special managers. So it's because you allowed a manager to uh, because they have daycare to show leave by four o'clock and in the middle of the meeting they got to leave. You have to change that. There's nobody special that creates resentment. Mm-hmm. Uh, the third thing I want to do is I want to make sure that there's an agenda, which means every manager has to submit what they want on the agenda. If it's not on the agenda, you don't get to talk about mm-hmm. it. Hey, let's table that. And we'll talk to me. Why after is that meeting. important? Because an um, owner and a GM like me, who've got a lot of words, I can take one hour meeting, make it three to four in a heartbeat, right? You're trying to get me the hell off your radio show right now. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> right? I got too much good. to say. And so the, the fact of the matter is respect their damn time. Stay on track. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, we look at the fourth thing, and that is this, staying on track. So that means the agenda. If it's not on there, we want to talk about it. The key here is meetings shouldn't go more than 90 minutes long, 60 to 90 minutes. Anything longer than that, you've lost people. Mm. Okay? And so keep them on track. The next thing is the facilitate versus command. Change your meetings from you talking down. Here are your numbers, chef. Here are your numbers, GM. Here's your number. No. You talk 25%. Or less. Chef, tell me what's going on in the kitchen. Chef goes, my food cost is this. My labor cost is this. This is where we ran into a problem. Here's what I did to fix it. And everybody's engaged. They know their departments, their numbers. They bring it. What's the power in that? Ownership. If you sit there and say, let's say we have a meeting. We're going to review uh, last month's P&L. Already it's the past. It's too late. I go, hey, Chef, your food cost is 38%. What's wrong? First thing out of chef's mouth, because the magic accountant did it, is those aren't my numbers. Bullshit. I don't believe those numbers. Yeah. So now we're debating it. Yep. You know what I mean? Versus you come to the, well, my food cost is this. Yes, it's high. You took the inventory. You touched the invoices. You know your numbers. Yeah. You. It's your numbers, not some magic accountant. Yeah, and the thought that came into my mind, ideally these people are in those positions because they're better at it than you are. So why would you run it? Why not let them do what they're paid to do? To, to bring that to the table. That's why you're surrounding yourself with other people. My old business partner is a chef. Um, he was one of my members. Now he's the owner of, of my past company. Um, he was incredible as a chef. And one of the things he determined was when he took the leap of faith to give up his kitchen as a restaurant owner chef, 
to a chef de cuisine, his numbers improved because all the chef had to do was worry about the kitchen, not the whole restaurant. I love it. Keep doing your thing. All right. Six, assign specific actions. Bottom line is, often we sit in manager meetings, we go, hey, we're going to do a new procedure on checking out uh, servers so we don't have coupons that are not voided. Well, everybody got it? Yeah. Next week, go, how'd that go? Oh, I thought he was going to do it. I thought nobody does it. You go, hey, Eric, this, you're responsible to create the process, train people, ensure it's being done, and what you report back next manager meeting. You've got to assign specifics, what the job is, how to do it, how well it should be done, more importantly, by when. And then we can follow up, which gets back to the notes part, the seven piece. Somebody's got to be the organized one, type up the notes, share them with everybody, because now I can hold someone accountable mm-hmm. to that because it was specific and clear. You're supposed to do it or by when. if somebody couldn't show up, now they can be in the loop. You can email that out to the group or put it in Slack or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, now, see, you're geeking out again because <laughs> Slack, I use Slack in my county company. You know, that's not for everybody yet, right? but no, it's awesome. <laughs> awesome. awesome. So is that, were those the seven? We just hit one, two, that's the seven. Awesome, man. Uh, this has been a great conversation. Is there anything we haven't hit on to this point that you, you, want, you want to round off the, the chatter? Yeah, I, I'll tell you this. When, when you look at this, ultimately, you need others to help you. If you go and anoint a manager, they're going to fail nine out of ten times. If you go hire a manager from a chain and hope they're going to fix things for you, just abdicate, as Michael Gerber would say, you're going to fail. You've got to set your systems, your processes your way, and you need to develop your people. And if you do that, it's a slower process, but you're going to have a culture that everybody fits, everybody's doing things your way. It's the same way that the chain restaurants are allowed to, like my son worked for, for a uh, Yum Brands, a Taco Bell, mm-hmm. with his 14,000 restaurants. Wow, this is absurd. How the hell do you do that? <laughs> I don't know. You impose your yeah. will without being there. Culture, systems, management. I love it. And it's critical to your success. So here's one curveball I want to throw at you, um, something that's been on the front of my mind, and it's a trend that I've seen uh, in a, my more recent interviews when I'm sitting down with successful brands and, and restaurateurs, is that they're seeing fewer and fewer managers and more and more partnerships where uh, you'll have five or four people who worked with a restaurant, a group, right? A big restaurant, a successful, like a Danny Myers uh, Union Square Hospitality, right? right? And then they'll break off and then they'll go start their own restaurant group. Um, and it's just, it's like the five of them and like maybe three or four more people. And it's absurd to, in my mind how they're sharing those profits. But are you seeing a trend right now in, in more... Like, how are you going to attract on these man- managers, right? Uh, how are you going to get the best managers? I'm seeing now that to get the best managers, people are off- offering equity. They're, are- they're offering a partnership. Right. right. And that seems to be a trend that's happening. Have you picked up on that? Yeah. Well, and that's usually somebody who has six, seven plus units. The, the one, two unit it, it doesn't always work because, um, number one, I'm just trying to get to do the job. Now, the beautiful thing, the Danny Myers of the world, the, the uh, uh, Richard Melmans of the world, you yeah. know, the, the big guys, they've created such cultures in their business that not only have the systems, but they train their replacements. This MIT thing, you're training your replacement, which allows them to go off and do this because they left the restaurant business better than when they got there. Yeah. And there's not this void when they leave. And then you find they all stay in contact. If you've ever been to a chain restaurant, like restaurant leadership uh, conference, when I was a chain operator, I was there. These big guys, they all know each other. It's incestual. Yep. Right? I mean, success breeds success. Correct. And it's amazing. You can look at the the, the breadcrumbs, the track record, and it all usually stems from like maybe 50 restaurants over the past like 20, 30 years that are responsible for so many successful restaurateurs. Uh, It's absurd. Which goes Uh, back to what? They had the right training and the right culture, and they just stole that and moved it on. 
I mean, there's nothing new. And I guess the reason why I brought it up is I think we need to think bigger. We don't want to think about developing. We don't want to stop. I mean, absolutely think about developing managers. But we don't want to stop there. We want to think about developing partners and owners. And if we have that mentality, it's all about it's all relative. The it's only all thing I'll tell you is is the caveat to that is yes. you better have your systems and trained on them. You don't just offer ownership in a restaurant that you don't have inventory set up. You don't have labor controls, budgets, all the things and all the things that you want done, checklists and so on, that the restaurants run yeah. your way. Because then you're going to be pissed. You're like, yep. why did I give this person ownership yeah. when they're not executing the way I want? So I had this, this great conversation with Cameron Mitchell, another one of these legends, the Cam- Mitchell, Cameron Mitchell restaurants out of Columbus, Ohio. Uh, and the way he describes it is, you know, there, there might be new concepts, but essentially what that concept is, the chassis is the same. Yeah. It's a different model, right? Yep. It's, it's yep. like a car. The chassis is the same, but you're just putting a different, you're smacking a different brand on it. But ultimately, it's the same restaurant with just rebranding and you're, you're injecting those managers you developed. You're, 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 yep. These are the rock star managers that are going to go off and open their own restaurant. But now you're successful. Now you have money. Now, why not make that person's dream, their vision, a reality, right? Absolutely, be their investor, right? And then you get a you get a, a piece of the pie. Yeah, um, and the nice part is they move on. Somebody has to buy their shares. It's just the same way attorneys and accountants have been doing it for you know exactly. hundreds of years yeah, for that no matter. Secret. Awesome. This has been a great conversation, Dave. Any last thoughts before we wrap it up? Now I'm going to tell you this. Um, I'm excited personally to be going back to my roots to help train people. Uh, and I'm going to tell anybody oh, if, right. if if they if they've just discovered you, which I find it hard to believe you live in, under a rock. <laughs> You've got to spend time on, on Restaurant Unstoppable, the website, and find all these past interviews because the one thing that Eric has learned is from the best. And so all the wisdom that comes from this site is unbelievable. You've got to take the time. So whether it's my interview or somebody else's, take the time. Spend an hour a week minimum listening to the past interviews, and you're going to, you're going to do nothing but grow and be better. Well, well, thank you for saying that. And the mentality is you are the average of those you surround yourself with. And today with the, the access to technology, we can literally let the best in the industry influence us day and day and day. And it's so powerful. Uh, it can transform your life. And that's the mission, to transform the industry by transforming one person professional at a time and uh, thank you for putting the emphasis there and um this is great uh so you have some news i think we, we, we mentioned that you sold your business but you're going to be focusing more on creating courses is it safe to, to give a little teaser to that sure now, or? so we're, we're working on the free the free video course so the trend in the industry now uh, we're not just our industry but all over the world yeah video training mm-hmm. and so i'm trying to bring my my same energy that i give speeches and the workshops i've done into video but into bite-sized chunks i made three five maybe 15 minute long video on the long side with handouts and with information Templates and and a, and a solution. So if I'm going to teach, say, a, a budgeting uh, tool, I'll have a budgeting tool for you to use, and I'll train you on it at the end. So you not only learn the concept, but you can use it, you can execute yep. it. And so I'm going to take all the stuff that I did to create the restaurantexpert.com and, and the, the online software, break it down to basics, because not everybody's ready for software. And the other part is, now it trains people. Mm-hmm. Even if you've got somebody else's software package, you see, if you don't understand cost of goods sold, then you don't believe the numbers. Yeah. So head over to, to uh, davidscottpeters.com. Uh, I'm sure there's a way to get on an email list over there. Yep, we got an opt-in in there. Because yep. you're, you're developing these these courses now. Correct. So um, maybe we can get on an email list and stay up-to-dated when these things start rolling out. And again, um, David, thank you so much. This is the fifth time on the show. It blows <laughs> my mind. It's always a pleasure. There is no questioning. You are unstoppable. Thanks, brother. Cheers. 
All right, there we go. Another episode in the archive here at Restaurant Unstoppable. I hope you all found value. Before I let you go, I have to remind you, please sign up for the Restaurant Unstoppable email list. That is where you will never miss an episode and you get the behind the scenes of what's going on here, where I'm at, what's on my mind, and what the future of Restaurant Unstoppable looks like, and you can have an influence on that. Don't forget to connect on social media. That's slash Restaurant Unstoppable on Facebook and at Eric Cacciatore, E-R-I-C-C-A-C-C-I-A-T-O-R-E on Instagram. But the most important thing you can do to support this mission of inspiring, empowering, and transforming our industry is by sharing this sucker with anybody and everybody you know who's aspiring to be great in the industry. All right. Thank you so much for sticking around this long. Until next time, peace out. Peace out.